Welcome to the EchoCast. This is a podcast about The Division, The Division 2, its community, updates, speculation, news, and whatever else I feel like talking about. I am your host. My name is Bond Diesel. I do Division stuff, but we won't talk much about that. This is actually round two of me recording this podcast. I just recorded a one-hour episode But on my recording software, I was trying out the new monitor settings because I have some nice headphones I'm listening on, and I didn't realize I had the output muted. So I recorded a one-hour episode that was one hour of silent recording. So, going to be straight up, this is probably going to be a much shorter episode because I am probably not going to rant for as long this time. We'll just chalk it up to just one of those mysteries of what I said the first time and now the edited version, I guess. Okay, today on the podcast, we will talk about State of the Game episode 145, Division 2 weekly news, some new generation, next generation gaming features, Division 2 community topics, listener questions, and content updates. First, I would like to thank my Patreon supporters for this month, Hassan, Christian, Darren, Justin, Tim, PK, DJ, and Jimmy. If you would like to support the podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. I do want to remind you, I am doing a division, uh, DZ agent statue giveaway. It's the one that came in the DZ edition of division two. Uh, it's ongoing on my Twitter at Bond Diesel, and it should be in the description of this podcast. The giveaway ends on the 19th of February, and I will announce the winner that evening when I do a live recording of the 100th episode of this podcast. Good luck. Check it out. On to the state of the game recap. Today we had Hamish, Yannick, Drew Reckner, and they were talking about Division 2's Episode 3 content drop and some other stuff that is coming along with it and after it first they talked about the new specialization called firewall it will give us a flamethrower a shield mod that lets you use that flamethrower while the shield is deployed a cluster grenade um, a new med kit that heals for 200 percent of your health and a double barreled sidearm they also talked about the cleaners and how they are back as an enemy in in this new um in these two new missions that we're getting. They talked about how they're a lot more advanced and kind of hardened um fighters than they were in the first game when they basically just looked like a bunch of goofy dudes and firemen equipment. Um now they look a lot scarier, but they still haven't learned to not have giant explosive tanks exposed on their backs and Drew confirmed that we can still blow them up. And I can't wait. Coney Island was talked a lot about as an icon- iconic location that they wanted to bring us back to um, in Division 2 to get a taste of New York City again. Um, they did confirm that there's no explorable area outside of the two missions. Um, but they, uh, they, they did confirm that the two missions will take place at the Coney Island ballpark and the amusement park locations. The ballpark is actually a real thing at Coney Island. It looks like they have a minor league baseball team there. 
that I assume that mission is going to focus around. And then the other one, I couldn't really find a real world location. That's like a, like a scare house kind of thing, which from the preview trailer, which I'll talk about later. Um, it seems like one of the missions takes place inside like a theme park. That's meant to be like a, like a scary place. So we'll see what those are like here in a couple weeks. Probably they talked about two new classified missions. Um, that are going to come with episode three, the detention center and the nightclub. They didn't specify whether or not these were going to be in New York city or not. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I've liked all of the classified missions. Um, I will say that the NSA one that came out was my favorite because it gave us some backstory to the first game. Um, all of the rest of them have just been kind of generic, but they've been fine. Um, so I really hope that one of these can step it up. Um, I will say, um, that Drew seemed particularly excited for the nightclub one. So we'll have to see what that is. They talked about the new exotic, the 308 chambered vector, um, and it showed its talents. The main talent essentially being something that stacks damage or other, uh, bonuses, depending on where you hit enemies, such as their legs, their head, and so on. I think this gun looks super cool. I love the vector. It's my favorite gun. This one looks cool, especially with the chameleon type of, um, uh, camouflage it has. And I, um, I, I can't wait to check it out. I'm a little afraid it's going to be a bit OP. Um, they also didn't talk about how to unlock the new exotic, but I suspect it will be figured out within minutes of the, of the mission coming out. So, um, the description of the gun does say it was dropped by DARPA by like a DARPA patrol. So my guess is that we're going to back to the Pentagon to get it. They also talked about the honey badger AR that's going to be released. It is a 300 blackout chambered, um, M4, or AR-15 platform, whatever you want to call it. And um, it's just going to be a regular gun. So um, I'm happy about this. I've always wanted uh, cool new ARs in this, more tactical-looking guns. This one definitely is one of them. Unfortunately, it looks like it's going to have a permanent suppressor on it, so you won't get to change out at least one of the mods on this gun, uh, the same as you can't with the Stoner LMG. It has a permanent a muzzle device on it for some reason. I have no idea why. Um, but again, I think most of, unfortunately, I think a lot of the guns in this game just kind of look generic or don't look very good. Like I think the carbon sevens kind of, kind of ugly. I think the Eagle bear is super cheesy looking. Um, my favorite gun is the MK 16 looks wise, but as an actual gun to use, it's a bit underwhelming. So I'm excited about this. It looks good. I hope it's fun to play with. Uh, Drew actually did talk about hunters uh, just off of something that someone asked in chat. And he basically said that there's no new hunter content in episode three, but he confirmed that there will be new hunter comment, uh, new hunter content coming after episode three. So he had kind of a especially excited look on his face when he was talking about this. So my guess is that there's going to be potentially like a whole update focused around hunters. So I just want to fight some hunters in the, in the open world. If you go at night, instead of these dudes looking at you and then running away when you shoot at them, I just want to fight them, <laughs> but some deeper context to them would be fun as well. 
They didn't give us any actual release dates for episode three, but they pretty heavily hinted that it's definitely coming out for everyone in February. So my guess is that it's either going to come out on the 11th or the 18th for season pass holders with it coming out for everyone else the week after. So I it's they it's kind of one of those things that I guess someone above them isn't allowing them to say the date. So they did everything they could to say the date without actually saying it. Uh, and then at the last minute, they talked about how the heroic missions will now be in all of the missions and, and they don't have to be invaded anymore. You can do heroics against not just the black tusk. You can do heroics against the outcast, um, against the hyenas and the true sons. Um, I actually find this interesting because I think the black tusk is the easiest faction to fight. So I'm really curious to what a heroic against the outcast is going to be like, because I find um, like the, the, the hard level or the, I believe it's the challenging Roosevelt Island against the outcast, I think is way harder than the same mission. Um, the invaded one against black tusk. So we'll see how that goes. I think that's going to be a good thing because with gear 2.0, they've already talked about that. The, the more challenging activities will drop the better gear with the higher stats. So having more availability of heroics should make that uh, more satisfying to play for those who can beat it. When it comes to the missions, I'm excited about them. I think it's pretty clear that everyone wishes that we were getting some more substantial content with episode three and with two and with episode one, but is what it is. We aren't getting it. I am excited for these missions nonetheless, because I think it really is going to move the story forward. I'm predicting that we don't actually kill Keener. Um, and more than anything, I actually think we'll, I think we'll recover Chernenko, but I think it'll be interesting to find out, um, at the end of the trailer, um, it basically seems like they're alluding to Keener has given Chernenko to the Black Tusk. Um, he would not have done that with nothing in return. And so far in this game, he's always been 10 steps ahead of everyone else. So the Black Tusk had to have offered Keener something for Chernenko that we surely don't know why he wanted, wanted it yet or what it is. So I suspect we'll find out. Okay. Uh, for Division 2 News Recap, it's just the story trailer came out. If you want to check out my YouTube channel, uh, go to YouTube and search for Bond Diesel. I just did a breakdown of the trailer. Um, it actually passed 1,000 views in less than a day. That's a ton for me. I am used to 100 or 200, maybe 300 views on a video total. So go check it out. Let me know what you think of it. Um, I did miss the honey badger and that breakdown. So I'm sorry, but I think I picked up on most everything else. Um, it's a really good trailer. If you haven't seen the trailer for episode three yet, it's a story trailer. Very hype. I have some confidence that these missions are going to be fun just because it seems like this is the first episode that they've actually been excited to show us. Um, maybe it's because it's leading into gear 2.0 in some capacity. Maybe they're just excited to show us some real progression of the story. Um, the Pentagon was, those missions are great, but I really hope these ones are like, what, like very substantial and exciting. Okay. So for some other gaming news, um, so we've had a bunch of leaks about the PlayStation five and Xbox series X. Um, some of, and I wanted to talk about some of the features that it sounds like they're going to have and what impact I think they're going to make 
um, on the gaming experience for um, not just the people who get these new systems, but everyone else. Um, I think the biggest feature that they're both going to have is M.2 storage. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's essentially um, a, like a solid state drive, but it's like even uh, faster transfer rates. So um, a lot of people like myself, like I have a three terabyte 7200 RPM drive in my computer. And I also have a half um, a half terabyte uh, M.2 that I have my operating system, Windows, um, Chrome, and Escape from Tarkov installed on. So I get insanely fast um, loading speeds on all on all of those. Um, it, it's going to be a huge. It's it's going to essentially eliminate loading times on on the new systems. Um, I'm really curious to what that means, say for a game like Division Two, um, because already the Xbox One X loads in way faster than the standard Xbox. If you play with someone, you'll notice this. If you are both fast traveling. Um, and then I, it seems like I have to imagine that the Series X, you're going to fast travel like nearly instantly while your friends are going to take, you know, 30, 60 seconds to come with you. So kind of curious to how that's going to play out when it comes to maybe some fairness and stuff. But, you know, we'll see. But I think M.2 is going to be huge. I just really hope for both systems you're able to replace or add additional units. Um, Sony PlayStation 4 allowed you to swap hard drives super easily there's actually a bunch of people with playstation 4s who already have solid state drives and it makes a huge difference um the reason it matters so much is that it increases the amount of data that can get transferred um faster so these issues that we've had in division 2 with texture pop in and textures being ugly until they load up and even the invisible walls that people have found that's because that you know, the base consoles and even some old PCs or not very good PCs use really slow standard hard drives. Um, these new systems aren't going to deal with that. Um, it's going to be awesome. Um, 8K resolution, I think, has been touted by both um, new consoles. I would be willing to guess that 8K is going to be media only. So Blu-rays, um, streaming and things like that. Um, 8K for gaming is honestly unnecessary. Um, even 4K for 99% of people is not needed. Um, 1440p, also known as 2K, or even 1080p for most people is all they have the monitor for. Um, I, I think it was Larry Herb or someone else with Xbox who I think just today um, said in an interview like he cares more about um, smoothness and frame per second than they than they do about resolution. So while I'm sure they're gonna push the 4K enhanced everything on Xbox, I really hope that Xbox and PlayStation give you options to do 1080p with like buttery smooth frames, even 1440p with buttery smooth frames. And then hopefully these systems, at least with current games, can do 4K at like 60 FPS. I think that would be awesome because honestly, a lot of computers can't even do that today. And then when it comes to 8K, I mean, gosh, like, I don't know. I think there's only a handful of 8K TVs and monitors right now. So it's not even like anyone can hardly use that. And honestly, anyone who owns an 8K TV probably isn't buying a PlayStation. They're probably buying a $10,000 PC. So I think the 8K thing is definitely some stupid bragging rights and advertising fodder, but 
you know, we'll see. VR, I think, is going to be something that's going to come up in this next gen. Xbox has basically said they're not diving into it. Um, PlayStation 4 has PlayStation VR. Um, I've heard it's like okay. I've never actually played it, but it sounds like it's a decent experience. It's very affordable. Um, and it was a lot more popular than Sony thought it was going to be. So it's pretty heavily rumored that there is going to be like a PlayStation VR 2, a sequel that will surely step up the quality quite a bit, but probably still be like the budget option, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. What I think is going to happen is I actually think Xbox is going to team up with Oculus or with one of the other established companies, and they're going to figure out a way to run the VR sets off of your Xbox but they won't actually make their own Xbox version. Um, I honestly think that's the right way to do it. I think that gives people an option for VR on the Xbox if they want it, um, but it doesn't make them have to produce hardware that might not really be that popular, at least not yet. So um, that's how I think that's gonna play out. I still don't think VR is really gonna take off yet, even in this next gen. I still think that's a good five, 10 years away, if not more, but maybe that's just the old Luddite in me. Game Pass is a big deal. Xbox has been just crushing it with Game Pass, especially with the rumors right now that Game Pass is going to include xCloud, um, which is their really, really good um, streaming service. Uh, step aside, Stadia. And what I think is going to happen is I think they're going to sell the Xbox Series X for $4.99, and it's going to include a year of Game Pass and xCloud, and I think that's going to be a hell of a deal. Um, I think that Sony is going to step up. I know they already have a Game Pass-ish system, but it's just not nearly as good. It doesn't have, because the thing is with xCloud or with Game Pass on Xbox is like Gears of War, the new Gears of War, a brand new AAA game, one of the biggest franchises on Xbox, came out in day one if you had Game Pass, which a lot of times is only a dollar on promo price. For a dollar, you could play Gears of War, the brand new $60 plus game. You could play the whole thing and pay a dollar for it, essentially, and then have access to hundreds of other games. Um, Sony does not have that. I believe it's mostly their older titles that you can get with their version of Game Pass. I'm sure Sony's going to step up. I don't know if they'll quite ever try to really match Xbox because that's um, Xbox is making up for a poorer library of games um, overall to do this um, and working with third-party titles to get them on here. Um, I, I really am curious to how it is going to work out though, because something I've pointed out before is that PlayStation's exclusives are incredible, but most of their exclusives are single player games that most people will play once and never touch again. Horizon Zero Dawn, Last of Us, Last of Us 2. These are all games that are really cool, but they don't, really ask anyone to play them more than 20 or 30 hours where a game like halo on the series x if it's done correctly and not like halo 5 um, can be a great story that people enjoy and play through 10 15 20 hours and then really awesome co-op and multiplayer that people could play for thousands of hours potentially um, i don't think sony has a game like that and it's an opportunity for Xbox, especially if they put it on Game Pass, which I bet they do, and especially Game Pass on PC, um, It's I think that's going to be a big deal. So I'm curious to see how this, this Game Pass system works uh, with the next gen, and I'm curious to see how Sony punches back. Uh, there's a lot of talk about haptic feedback and motion controls. 
honestly, I think this stuff is it's all mostly gimmicky stuff. The haptic feedback on the triggers could be kind of neat. Um, I'll be curious to see if 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 game devs like take advantage of it, and if they do, could be super cool. Um, or if you can even customize it yourself, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I think those are kind of gimmicky uh, things. But do you want to know what's not a gimmick? This 30-second mid-roll. Okay, so a couple community topics. I brought these up myself. Uh, I didn't really feel like digging through Reddit this week. Um, so I brought up a skill gap discussion. So I've seen a lot of discussion over the last year about how skill gap in Division 1 was superior to Division 2 and basically everyone asking for Division 1 PvP back. Um, so I posed the question like, hey, I don't think... Um, the current skill gap discussion, which is basically 100% focused on heals and timing heals appropriately, using med kits, using healing talents, both solo and group. Um, I, I don't think that's the, the skill gap we should be looking for in Division 2 just because we had it in Division 1. But I'm also not the authority on these things, so I asked for input. And what I'll say is that all but basically one person kind of agreed. Um, now that one person being Bronson, um, which if you know who he is, you know that he's always got very lengthy and um, very good explanations for the things he thinks and believes. I read through it. Um, believe it or not, I played a lot of PvP in Division 1 until about 1.7, and I was primarily a healer using these healing skills, um, the lunchbox, the the the, um, the med kits with the, the team talents, and so on and so forth. Um, so I get it. Um, the thing about PvP in Division 1, to me, is that I think that there's a big confusion between different groups of people of confusing having fun and good gameplay. Um, I will not argue with anyone that there, were, there was fun to be had in Division 1 PvP. I had fun, especially when I was playing with friends and with people I had gotten to know. It could be a blast. But... I think that people confuse some of that fun they had with good gameplay and sustainable gameplay and and the type of gameplay that makes more than 5% of your player base want to participate. And um, I will not argue that Division 2 PvP is in a good state. It is not. Um, but I still think that Division 2 PvP has way more potential than Division 1 ever had. And that's because I think Division 2 has gone strides and getting rid of a lot of the movement abuse even though it's still there they are still working on it um i think that's much more focused on gunplay which is it's a shooting game i understand it's an rpg it was bronson's point that in a game that in an rpg it's about more than just shooting it's about using your skills appropriately and working together and and having you know group cohesiveness and things like that i get it I come at these games from a shooter perspective, and I don't really understand RPGs very much, especially not PvP in them. So that's why I asked for advice, and it definitely helped me out. Um, the issue I have is that it seems like a lot of people just want it to be like Division 1 again. And, and I think that is not giving Division 1 enough um, criticism. I just think that there needs to be more skill gap than just healing skills and timing. Um, I think they need to try to make the gunplay where it requires skill. I think that they still need to push cover based a lot. 
I know people don't want to hear that. I know no one wants to do it. I know that currently in Division 1 and even in Division 2, going in the cover is a death sentence. But this is a cover-based game. And I think they should stop being cowards and basically make it where if you're out not in cover, you're dead. And if you're in cover, using your skills and using all of the different mechanics this game has, you can be successful. And they've always been so... It almost seems like scared to really push that even though I think it's the basis of the game and a lot of people aren't going to like it, but I bet a lot of people would like it, but we'll have to see. Ghost Recon Future Soldier. Take a peek. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. And then the other discussion I brought up on Twitter was um, about cosmetics in division two. And it isn't just cosmetics. It's the player care. It's the player like models as well. I just, I don't, I don't know. So I'm under the impression that there was some issues with the player models in division two before the game came out. And so I don't really know enough to know anything, but it seems like they either didn't have enough time or something, but something I pointed out is that in division one, the player characters were, were very slim looking. All the cosmetics seemed like they fit really well. Um, that they, they, they even just in idle, they stood very naturally and very, humanly um and then division two they just don't i I pointed out in a big post i made on twitter that like the the agents like are like hunched over in division two and their arms are like kind of sticking out real awkwardly and they just and they even look weird like the hair on the the division two agents just looks awful it looks really bad and i don't understand why um if you do anything but some of the very basic haircuts or no hair at all, it just looks bad. Like it looks like they didn't like finish the textures or something on it. Even, and this has even been on my PC. That's much more powerful than my Xbox. I've, I've noticed this. They just, I don't know. Snowdrop is a gorgeous engine, but it just doesn't seem to do people as well. And somehow they, in my opinion, look worse in division two than they did in division one. And then on top of that, you have these cosmetics that in Division 1, I don't I think people really appreciated that in Division 1, you know, when the game came out, there were like 20, 25 different items for each slot and they had like five or six different colors each. And this was all really like normal clothing for the most part. And then as the game progressed, you got some futuristic looking stuff, some super tactical looking stuff, even some goofy stuff. And that was all fine because you had that original set of stuff that was normal and you can make your agent look like a normal person. In Division 2, it seems like they just kind of skipped that part and gave us Bahama shirts and board shorts and flip-flops and all of the, and, and World War II equipment and just in the nicest way possible, a lot of really stupid and goofy and kind of annoying <laughs> cosmetics. And the reason it's so bothersome to a lot of people is because they there isn't a bunch of that regular looking gear to wear. You know, so for people who want the goofy stuff, it's there. But for people who don't, it's not. And I've even had people say, like, well, you know, the agents, you know, had to step out of their regular lives. That's why we have all the goofy stuff. It's stuff that people would maybe wear. I mean, we're talking about agents that are six, seven, eight months into this. In the first game, I would have been happy to take that explanation. In this game, you know, these guys wouldn't still be wearing, these guys and girls wouldn't be wearing the same stuff they wore when the stuff started. 
if anything, they'd be more likely to be wearing more comfortable, more tactical, more useful gear and the cosmetics. So I don't know this last apparel event, um, that was around Christmas, which was definitely supposed to be for Halloween. <laughs> Come on. Um, it, it just, I don't know. It, it, it's a petty thing to be concerned about and annoyed about. Um, but I know I'm not the only one. And I really hope that at some point we get some type of stuff that's a little easier to take. Also, if you can hear the baby crying in the background, sorry, I'm a dad. It's the way it is. She's sleepy and she don't want to sleep. <laughs> All right. Um, we had a few listener questions. The first one that was from man made golf one on Twitter. What's your advice on gear, talents, mods, and etc. to keep based on what we've heard thus far for the upcoming changes. My advice is to just not worry about it. My advice is to get as many credits and as much materials, including exotic materials as you can, because nothing that you currently have or will save or anything is going to matter. Once this update comes out, you'll, you'll have new gear within hours that you'll be using instead of your current gear. So credits and materials is what I would get. And if there's anything you haven't done yet that you want to do, commendations and such, go for it. Uh, Strangeman11000 on Twitter. What are some things you'd like to see added in year two? Um, I think that's a pretty broad question. Um, for me, I would like to see some attention given to PvP. So even though I've kind of expressed that I could give a damn about PvP in this game, um, I think that there's a small um, but passionate uh, group of people who do want PvP to be better. And if anything, just I would just like them to be thrown a bone of some type. Um, I, I feel like PvP in this game so far, even though I don't care about it, even I will say that the silence has been deafening on it. And I think the only major update we've gotten to PvP has been the new conflict mode that no one was asking for. And some balancing stuff, I think, back towards when the game came out and some changes in the DZ. But other than that, it's been kind of radio silent, especially the last six, seven months. Um, I assume that means they're working on something, and I'll give them the benefit of that doubt. Um, but I really hope in year two that even though I think the, the, the super serious PvP population in this game is way smaller, um, even potentially way smaller than they think it is, I don't think that means that they should be ignored. Uh, for everyone else, or for everyone in general... Um, I, I hope we get some type of content that satisfies the people who wanted survival or underground. We're obviously not getting those modes. They've made that very clear. But I do think that we can get content like that. Um, stuff that is replayable, hopefully better. I mean, good lord, the, the setting the bar at survival and underground is so low. <laughs> survival didn't receive a single significant update after it came out. And, and to most people, it became very stale within weeks. Um, underground got the big update around 1.8, which did make it more fun with the hunters and stuff like that, but it still just never really stepped up that much. So I appreciate that people like those modes. I like them too, but that should not be the bar that we want them to meet. I hope that they exceed what either one of those modes ever were, but I hope they take what they know people liked about those modes and run with it. That's why I would like in year two. Uh, Joe John Quinn said, do you think there could be a new world tier in year two and the year two roadmap? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we're getting a new world tier of some type. Um, I don't know if the gear progression is going to be level 
you know up to level 35 or the 40 i don't know if it's going to be up to gear score 550 or 600 um, but either way i mean i think that's definitely happening it's basically confirmed now how they do it whether or not it's part of a year two pass and things like that we'll have to wait and see thank you for the questions you can ask me questions on twitter youtube discord or even in my email all that all that information is on my twitter at bondiesel Okay, so for content updates, basically I just have just a reminder about the DZ agent statue giveaway. Um, I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Check out my pinned tweet at Bond Diesel or check out the description of this podcast and there should be a link to the giveaway that is going until February 19th. Oh, let's wrap this baby up because my baby is screaming. <laughs> if you want to support the podcast or my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. If you're on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. It helps me get noticed. I am Bond Diesel on Twitch, where I try to stream three times a week. I am also at Bond Diesel on Twitter, where you can catch state of the game live tweets and a bunch of other crap. I like to say last, if you want some cool echo cast or Bond Diesel merch, check out bondiesel.live slash merch. That's all I have. So until next time. I'm <laughs> sorry.